When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope you're able to celebrate Maroon Friday wherever you are today. Matter of fact, I got a picture first thing this morning from somebody that said, Hey, Steve, this is one of your biggest fans, and she's rocking a Stark Villain shirt. And uh, I don't know who she is or where she is, but I absolutely love her. And so uh, I hope that you're listening to The Boneyard. And uh, I I shared your picture uh, just because I think people should know. We're putting some bite back in Maroon Friday. You can order your Stark Villain shirt, and you should, and it's just to get cooler, too. You can get hoodies and all that sort of stuff. Go to StarkVillains.com, and uh, you can get outfitted there thanks to the fine folks at Deep South Pout. So uh, go by, check that out. Also, too, as you guys are well aware, I've got a new book coming out. My publisher is now on vacation because the book has now cleared proofs. It's clear everything they need to do. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I think the average reader doesn't understand. But everything is done now. It's uh, it's basically in the queue and uh, going to be printed and delivered. And we'll have a delivery date here very, very soon. But you can pre-order Alpha Dogs at alphadogsthebook.com. It's alpha, D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. While you're there, you can get Stark Villains, you can get Flim Flam, and you guys are doing that. Matter of fact, they sent me a report a few days ago that uh, Flim Flam and Stark Villains both are selling again. So thank you for that. If you order through the website, if you order through alphadogsthebook.com, every one of those books are going to be signed. If you want a personalized message, you can get that too. I don't care what you want. You can have me write it to your dog, whatever. It's your book. I'll write whatever you want on it, within reason. Within reason. You know, let's not be silly. I don't know. I'm, you know, I was born in South Mississippi, and while I've been known to... Uh, to drop a four-letter word or two every now and again. My mom has taught me not to do that in public, so I won't be writing that. You'd be amazed with Deer and Flim Flam, the things that people wanted me to write about Ole Miss, but, or Hugh Freeze for that matter. But uh, be that as it may, really excited about this. It's been a long process. It really has, and it was one of the things, one of the goals that I had you know, during the quarantine. I said, you know what? This book was supposed to be delivered July 15th, like to the publisher. That was kind of the goal actually got it done uh, by the 1st of June, right around the 1st of June, and we took some extra, extra, extra time to edit. Probably over-edited. So, and, you know, you find a, you find a mistake here or there, please let me know. My, my feelings won't be hurt. We'll fix it for the second printing. Uh, but be that as it may, it's been a long process, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, to kind of reaping the rewards from that, you know, and to, uh, to kind of enjoy this with all of you, because one of the reasons that you do this sort of stuff, it's not a vanity project, you know, it's about Mississippi State, and so to bring joy to the lives of Mississippi State fans is something that's important to me, and so I look forward to hearing your reviews and hearing what chapters are your favorite and that sort of stuff, and some of you are thinking, well, you know, Stephen, not really a big reader. Well, maybe you should be. I've had a couple people that uh, come to book signings and said the only two books they've read uh, since they got out of high school were mine, and what an honor that is. So again, that's alphadogsthebook.com. You can get all three of my books there. That sounds weird to say. Three books, man, I tell you. Two of them. I guess I've written two in, what, 15 months? I think that's right. Yeah, so we're going to have basically two books on the market at the same time, and Stark Villains on the Mississippi bestsellers list now, if I am not mistaken... 42 straight weeks. How cool is that? I never expected that. Flim Flam didn't do that. 42 straight weeks, Stark Villains, the Mississippi State book on the Mississippi bestsellers list. Now, we're hanging in there at number 10 this week, but we're still on there. It's an amazing accomplishment, and I owe it all to you. Thank you. And you can get it on the website. You can get it at local bookstores. Uh, but we're happy to, to personalize this for you. Just let us know. I have done some post-game book signings at Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company is, uh, without a doubt, one of my favorite places to eat within the confines of the state of Mississippi. The best appetizer in Starkville proper, without a doubt, 
It's the spring rolls. You're going to love them. They bring them out there, and they're cut in half, and you get to dip them in that fondue, which is incredible. And then you have a great restaurant-quality hamburger and feel good about your life. There are a few delicacies in life that kind of match that great restaurant-quality hamburger, and that's exactly what you're going to get at Bulldog Burger Company. But there's so much more than burgers. Yes, you can get a great burger there, but there's so many other things you can choose from. You know what? If you want to eat a little bit healthy while the kids have their, their Bulldog Burgers, you get yourself a salad. And they're so great. They're so plentiful. I don't know that I've ever finished one, to be honest with you. I can't say that I'm the big eater that I used to be. But yeah, listen, I can put away some groceries. But that salad that they have, it, uh, it is very substantial. It is not, it, there are some places you go and you get a salad and you feel like that you've been cheated a little bit. You're like they're trying to watch your calorie count for you. That's not really the case. That salad at Bulldog Burger Company, very, very substantial. You can also get a chicken sandwich there. You get chicken wings there. A lot of options to choose from. I encourage you to go by and visit them. Let them feed you and your family. You can get your order to go. You can order online at eatwithus.com. That's Again, that's eatwithus.com. But now in person, two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and Tupelo. Go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, a lot to get to today. Got another salty top ten list for you. This is one that I don't know that people were expecting. If you have sent me one, I will get around to it. I have people that say, Steve, hey, how about a top ten list of this band? And I don't know if there are top ten top songs from these bands. Some of these bands have like one or two hit wonders. And, uh, and you know, listen, I, I'm a guy that likes obscure stuff too i mean like if, if you if you went and looked at my cd collection and yes i still have a cd collection hundreds and hundreds of cds they're really on display right now because like like everybody else i depend on technology and apple music i don't necessarily load the hard copy in but there were some cds that i had that were out of print and uh weren't on itunes for a long time and so i'd still get them out and dust them off for once in a while before i get to the show before and we'll get to top 10 list a little bit later there there's one album in particular that I want to you guys that are that are true rock fans and it's now on iTunes but it's a band called The Scream that's right The Scream John Karabi's first band John Karabi of course was the uh the fill-in singer of Motley Crue for a while but I was a Scream fan and John Karabi fan long before he joined Crue and when he did I was kind of excited and I still love that that album and, and every time I bring that up, people say, well, Steve, it's not really crew without Vince. Listen, the musicianship on that self-titled Motley Crue album is the best. It is the best, top to bottom, best Tommy, best Mick, best Nicky. It was incredible. Uh, matter of fact, my favorite song on that album is actually not Hooligan's Holiday, even though I dig that so incredibly much. It's a song called Till Death Do Us Part. But uh, that's on the self-titled Motley Crue album. But do yourself a favor today. You're always looking for new tunes. Now, some people didn't, that say, Steve, you should put a playlist together. I, I don't know that I've got interest in doing that. Go to iTunes right now and download that album from The Scream. I'm telling you, once you put it on, whether it be Outlaw or uh, I Never Loved Her Anyway, there are so many great songs on there. Man in the Moon was kind of the big single. It was on the radio then. I don't ordinarily get behind albums and really endorse them on the show. And I don't. And I spend a lot of time talking about music here. But that was an album. They finally put it on iTunes. I have had multiple copies of that CD because that's how much I love that album. Go check it out. And maybe while you're there, maybe download that first Tora Tora Surprise Attack album too. Absolutely incredible. Okay, so let's get to the show. A lot of football stuff to talk about. I don't know how long we go today. We're probably going to be long. That's another thing, too. You guys have gotten spoiled. Uh, there are a couple people in, in, in particular uh you know one of my doctor friends reached out to me and said hey yesterday i feel like i'm missing something i didn't get a boneyard today well you're gonna get one today but you guys are gonna have well over four hours of boneyard this week it's you yeah i went to a 50 minute show now we're over an hour so you're getting some bonus time so uh i hope that the investment of my time is worth your while a few things a few quick hitters that i want to get to before we get into um last night's media opportunity we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show the top 20, the AP instructed, the Associated Press instructed their pollsters to include teams in their top 25 that are not played. And listen, I have had some people in the media, because I wrote an article about this yesterday, because the whole thing is absurd. I said, well, Steve, 
it's, you know, listen, they've already addressed this. It's They're only going to be in the initial poll. They won't be in subsequent polls. And I said, that, you think that, that that argument helps? That makes it even more absurd that they realize they're not going to be in future polls. They include them in the initial poll. What's the point in that? And let's be honest, preseason polls don't mean anything. But to include teams that are not going to play in a preseason poll is absolutely ludicrous. It is a non-participation trophy for schools that are not participating. It's stupid. Ohio State ranked number two. Listen, hey, if they were going to play, they're absolutely a national championship contender. makes perfect sense. You know what? Big Ten's not going to play. Now, I know there's a movement out there to try to get some things done. I understand that. And if you want to delay the release of the AP poll this year, nobody's going to complain because everybody understands it's a unique circumstance right now. But for the AP to instruct their, their voters, hey, go ahead and include them too. What purpose does that serve, especially if you're just going to drop them the next week? It makes no sense whatsoever. What are we trying to accomplish? Because a poll, and yes, a poll at its, at its core, is a matter of opinion. But a poll is supposed to be a predicted order of finish. And so if these teams are not going to finish the season, why would they start the season in a poll? And you say, oh, well, week to week this team is the best. Okay, well, there's no team. There's no team. That would be kind of like, um, you know, I guess a Car and Driver magazine, you know, coming out and, and naming the Pinto the car of the year. You know, and it's like my, my buddy Brian says, is that, hey, if we're going to do that, let's go ahead and get some votes for the 1941 National Championship Mississippi State team, right? If we're, if we're just going to pick any teams that aren't playing this year, let's go right that wrong, right? It, the whole thing is ludicrous. And it's another thing, too, that the, one of the bigger problems in media today is sometimes people are just scared to tell the truth. The sad truth of the matter is these teams are not playing. It's not that we don't – it's not like some people say, well, Steve – you're just upset because Mississippi State didn't rank. Hey, state that deserved to be ranked. We went six and seven last year. I'm not out here arguing for Mississippi State to be ranked. I'm just telling you the validity of any poll that includes teams that are not participating is completely bogus. It's absolutely stupid. Now, oh, you know, they're, they're going to fix it. I, I think the whole thing just just reeks of utter nonsense. It's just lazy. It's like, you know what, let's just put the usual suspects up there because this is what we always do. And, I, and listen, I've been involved in some of these processes before. I, I kind of understand how it works. You know, I've, I've voted in high school polls. I've voted in All-American polls. I've voted in All-SEC polls. I've done all that stuff behind the scenes for years. And there are so many people that are voting that have no clue what they're doing. None. Zero. As I said before, and, and this is the problem that I have with the Associated Press having a poll in the first place. Number one, and, and I get it, they've been around since 1934, I guess. I wrote about it yesterday, so I'm coming from memory. But it's like, okay, and I've shared this with you guys before. So let's say when I get ready to go cover a Mississippi State game in Lexington, Kentucky. All right, that's a little bit of a drive for me, and I don't mind making it. See, I, I, some of the, my favorite times of my life are when I'm out there on the road by myself and just me and my tunes and, and being able to kind of get away from the computer a little bit and be able to relax and just kind of rock out and just kind of remind myself that I'm alive a little bit. So I love those road trips. But if I'm traveling to Lexington, Kentucky – I'm not watching any other football games. And then when I get to Commonwealth Stadium or Kroger Field, whatever they're called it now, I got to go to work. You know, I can't sit around there and watch other games on television. I got to get down there and get some pictures made in pregame. I got to shoot a, pre, a pregame video with David, Dave Murray. And the next thing you know, we're in the game and then we've got postgame. And sometimes we're not done. Like if it's a night game, we're not done sometimes posting content to one or two in the morning. And sometimes we get on the road and kind of kill summer to drive then, because after that, you would think we'd be exhausted. But usually, especially after a state win, I am so jacked up. I'm just so ready to get on the road. It's like I wouldn't be able to sleep anyway, so let me go ahead and knock out some of this drive. And so when you are on the road as a college football rider, sometimes the only game you get to see is the one that you're covering. So how can you accurately rank other teams? By the same token, if you are a coach, what games are you watching? How do you be able to – so, you know, because these polls come out on Monday, sometimes as late as, as early as Sunday, I guess. So when do they have a chance to watch these things? So you take all these polls with a grain of salt. But I, I've always felt like, you know what, if we want to have a legitimate poll, and, and, and 
shoot, maybe we should start one. You go out there and you give it to people that are going to be at home. You know, make your make your voters people that uh, you know former coaches or former players. You know, people that are going to be around, kind of glued to the TV, and they can watch things regionally, and they can be more informed in their votes. Because here's what happens: it's like once somebody gets ranked, they stay ranked. It's just like we saw a couple of years ago with Florida baseball. I'm not being critical of D1 baseball. Please don't love those guys to death. Love what they do for college baseball. But Florida starts the season high, and it took them forever to drop them out of top 25, even when they didn't have a winning record. Mississippi State goes down there and beats them, and all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, maybe they're not quite so good. We should have swept them. But what happens is with these polls is these people get artificially ranked high because baseball, it's based on last year's performance. Forget about what they, they've lost, what they've got coming back. They rank them artificially high because nobody wants to say, hey, why didn't you rank LSU fifth or sixth or whatever? So, again, it is just a matter of opinion, and I probably exhausted too much time on this. But the bottom line is this. It's the, the whole bit of that deal is so lazy and dumb. And so I wanted to share that with you. This is just my thoughts. And maybe you agree, maybe you don't. I think the whole thing's dumb. All right, so yesterday, too, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves issues an executive order uh, about limiting capacity to 25%. Guys, this is not news. If you are a Boneyard listener, you will know that we had talked about this over a month ago. I had somebody tip me off about the attendance thing because I was like all of you. What's attendance going to look like? I say, well, unless they change the guidelines, it's going to be 25%. It's been in the Mississippi Department of Health guidelines for months, 25% attendance. I shared it with you, wrote an article about it, talked about it here on the show, talked about it on the radio, and then uh, people act like it's news now. The only real news now is there's a prohibition on tailgating, and that's something that I know people were kind of waiting to hear, but that's not going to be the case. Not to say you can't do it at your house, and I know some people are going to do that. I got plenty of people that say, you know what, we're just going to, you know, we're going to put it up on the big screen I got some friends of mine that have a projector, and they said, you know what, we're going to go get us an outdoor screen, and we're going to have some fun outside. You can buy those portable outdoor screens and set up your projection screen and, and watch the games outside with everybody. I mean, have your own tailgating party in your own backyard. Fans are going to get creative. And so people say, well, Steve, what's the 25% going to look like? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't know. I've asked a few people, and here's what I suspect. I had a discussion with some friends last night about this very topic. There'll be some big-time donors, and there'll be the parents of players, and then the rest of it, I think, is kind of up for grabs. I don't know if they do a week-to-week lottery or how they're going to do it, but that is a difficult decision that John Cohen and Mike Ritchie and others are going to have to make. How do you do it based off Bulldog Club standing? Do your points do it? Because, listen, there are some, some people listening to this saying, well, Steve, if that's the case, you know, I, I'm probably out of luck. Well, there are a lot of other people that are ahead of you in Bulldog Club points that are going to opt out this year, save their spot in line. They're not going to get tickets this year and get them next year. So it's kind of like that Willy Wonka ticket. You don't know. You just got to stay in the game and hope for the best because there hadn't been a lot of decisions made yet. And we're concerned about, you know, media credentials. You know, how in the past we've had an army of people that have been able to cover games, and so we've been able to provide more content that way. We are still going to uh, provide that content, but we're worried about access. And so it's like, okay, so if you have, you know, like in our team, okay, you got Gene Swindoll and I on the sidelines. Gene shoots from the end zone. I shoot from the sidelines, and we get pictures. And then we use those all year. Then you've got Mike Nemeth, Dave Murray, Robbie Falk, Paul Jones in the press box. And you say, yes, Steve, it's a lot of people to cover a ball game. It is, but nobody covers it quite like we do. Everybody has an assignment. Everybody has things that we do uh, to cover the game. We're not just there to write one story. And so we understand there will probably be some restrictions. There's no way we're going to get that many credentials this year because you're going to have to socially distance in the press box. I don't know at this point uh, what it means for the sidelines, but uh, one of the things that I saw yesterday, Courtney Robb tweets out, and I I was not watching the uh, press conference, and I didn't go read the executive order kind of read the highlights but um, all press activity is considered essential and so photography is part of the press now one of the things that I think is important and I've shared this with you guys before is there are a lot of people on the sidelines at a college football game that don't have any business down there 
Yeah, there are a lot of people that are down there that, that make the game go. There are people down there. There's people in marketing. There's you know all that stuff when when people go on the field and they're honored and there's you know there's breaks and music. There, there are a lot of people there behind the scenes that kind of make all that stuff happen for you. And I would say that's probably essential. But there are a lot of other people down there that that are just kind of down there. And sometimes I wonder how did this person get a credential? You know, it's, and sometimes they're like it's you know people that are just like fans. And I don't know how they get down there, but they do. And I know sometimes you go through maroon memories. There'll be none of that this year. But I'm, I'm saying there's sometimes just people down there that uh, don't really have a function. And so a lot of that is going to be restricted this year. If you're not working, you're not going to be on the sidelines. I don't know if we're going to be on the sidelines. And we're, you know, we're in the media. And I'm hoping they'll let us come and just maybe restrict us to the end zone so we'll stay away from players. I'm perfectly fine with that. But there are a lot of people out there to take pictures that are just taking them for their Facebook page. And I, and I don't know how these people kind of get grandfathered in. And I, here's what I suspect. Now that we're doing this, now that we're kind of restricting access, I suspect that a lot of those people that have been credentialed in the past, that it just like, oh, well, this person always gets credentials. Oh, well, they don't work for anybody, but they're always getting credentials. I think that's going to go away. I think they will use this opportunity now for both baseball and football and probably some for basketball. Because, again, there are a lot of people that get credentialed. And it's one thing, you know, listen, if we're playing, you know, Appalachian Tech on a Tuesday night men's basketball, it's one that's, that's one thing. But, you know, when we play Kentucky and they bring their own bunch of media people, it, spots are really restricted down there. It's difficult to get a spot. And then I've got somebody, you know, we've got, you know, Gene and I are down there trying to figure this thing out and uh, having to navigate around people that are just kind of shooting for their own interest. And so – Again, I will be just about guarantee you that, that is, there's, we're about to see a correction of that behavior. I think now, because like, here's how it is at Alabama. So when Dave Murray and I submit our credentials, you have to pair up. Like if you're going to be a photographer on the sidelines at Bryant-Denny Stadium, you've got to be paired up with a writer. Because we want our own images. You know what I'm saying? It's like we, we don't want the same images everybody else has because that way our articles will stand out on social media. Because if you're scrolling through and everybody in the industry, or everybody that covered a game is using the same two or three images, you just think, okay, I've already read that article. But if you see something unique, you think, okay, well, I hadn't read this. That's one of the reasons we do it. Not to mention we want to be an all-inclusive unit and come be responsible for ourselves. But um, be that as it may, when you go to Alabama, you can't just get a, you know, you can't just get credentialed to go on the field at Alabama unless you're lucky. I mean, you have got to be shooting for somebody and then be paired with a rider. So I suspect you're going to see Mississippi State again kind of make some, take some corrective action there as we kind of move forward. Uh, I encourage people to be patient, okay? There's a lot of people out there right now that are already freaking out about this 25% thing. Even though we, we I've told you it was coming, you've known that it was coming, and uh, the bottom line is – there are so many of us right now, like even in, in the media, you know, we've, we've already talked to some of our guys and say, listen, you might have to watch the game from home. You might have to write the game from home, uh, write your part, your story from there, and then we'll have you know, maybe a pool reporter go down and record all the interviews and post game, and then send them out. And so we're going to be impacted by this too. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things, it's, we all need to probably understand that we're all going to be inconvenienced. And that's okay. That's part of life. But there are going to be a lot of us that want to go to ball games that aren't going to get to go to ball games. And we're going to find, need to find a way to be happy with the fact that we can watch the games at all and that the games are taking place at all. Because it is easy to get selfish. It is easy to say, and that's one of the things like in our little group we talked about is, you know, we can all say, well, I know this. I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm going to be there. You know, what's going to require a little teamwork. We may even have to have rotation. And maybe that's the case in your family because maybe, you know what, you, hey, I'm used to getting 10 tickets, but I'm only being allowed to get four this year. Well, it's just not the same. You know, nothing's the same right now. Nothing is the same. But we've got to work through this together. Uh, and my hope is, is once the games get here, people will just be so happy to have something that they hold precious back that we won't complain about lines. We won't complain about the nachos being maybe a little bit too salty. Yeah, I'm eager to get this new concession food too. You know, we've got Aramark is out. We've got a new vendor in. You know, so that's the thing too. I think our administration kind of pays attention to what you guys say. We had, we had so many problems last year with the concession stands. And so they took corrective action. 
didn't renew the contract, got somebody new. And so we'll just kind of move forward with that. But uh, you know, there's, there's so much that we've lost to get a portion of what we hold precious back would be big. So I just encourage you, when you think about guys like Mike Ritchie in a ticket office and you know people at administration, they are doing the best they can. And I know right now Mike Ritchie's email is loaded with, with, with quote, end quote, friends. It's like, Mike, got to help me out here. Mike is doing an impossible job. There's no way they're going to be able to make everybody happy. It's not going to be personal. I mean, and it feels like it is. You think, man, I've been giving my money all this time. And you know what? There are a lot of people out there to give more money than you. And so I'm just going to ask you, on behalf of everybody involved, for your own personal well-being, your own emotional standing, and for those people at Mississippi State that are working hard to, to make this thing happen, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath and understand that hopefully this is a one-year deal. And as much as we love it, we might have to miss some things. There are going to be some things that, you know, that we're used to having, used to doing, that we're not going to have. Over the course of the last five months, we've probably gotten accustomed to some of that. But the one thing that people like me, well, not everybody like me, but I've said all along, I expect us to play. I've said that all along, not just because of the financial part of it, because of the fact that I think the country needs it. I think people need it. I think people are going to find a way to do it. And there are a lot of people out there that, again, the same people, it, it's so dadgum tiresome. The same people like tweet the same things every day. And even though it, like there's so much positivity about college football right now, that doesn't get retweeted. There's some of these you know, agents of, of destruction, you know, these, these harbingers of negativity. You know, the, the, What they do is they find the one school that, I mean, like if Mount Holyoke had somebody test positive for COVID, they're going to share it. It's like they are so determined to be able to say, I told you so, that they will seek out negative news at any turn. And again, there's no guarantee that we're going to play. But the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, and others are doing what they can to play. Yes, there have been some positive tests on campus. We expected that to happen. We didn't expect to have, you know, 25,000 students reconvene and nobody share the virus. We hope nobody gets deathly ill. We hope nobody gets seriously sick. Nobody has any major symptoms. We hope it's just they test positive and get maybe a headache and, you know, lose their sense of taste for a day or two and then kind of move forward. We want everybody to have minor symptoms. We don't want anybody to die. But it is naive to expect to have that many people come back and, and congregate again and not have some positive test. Some. But, the, you know, that's the thing. When, when all of these people go to a birthday party and then you know, four or five people test positive, but that doesn't make the newspaper. But when they go to a Mississippi State dormitory, it does. When they're on a football team, Division One, it does. It's newsworthy. But it's naive to suspect that we're not going to have positive tests. We absolutely are. Okay, Hawthorne. We're, get, we're going to finish up with Hawthorne. Well, we're going to take a break with them, and someone else is going to rotate in. So you need to take advantage of these deals right now. Go to Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Promo code Boneyard unlocks some savings for you. Best cologne I've ever had, without question. Sometimes I put it on, I want to date myself. I mean, it is wonderful cologne because it's made for me. A lot of you guys out there wearing a one-size-fits-all cologne doesn't fit. That's what they tell you. Hey, wear this, and you'll be more attractive. You'll have a better batting average. Nope. Go to hotthorn.co, take the little short quiz. Then they will pair you up with some products based on your preferences. You're going to like the way you smell because it's going to smell like other things you like. It's a scientific formula. Trust them to help, the, help you smell the best you can. You can get the, the work scent, the play scent. You get body spray. You can get uh, face lotion. You can get body wash. You can get shampoo, conditioner. Anything you need, really. Any grooming materials you need to feel good, smell good. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Best clone I've ever had. Promo code BONEYARD. Okay, let's get top tens list. Today's top ten list comes to you from the homie Stephen Stafford. Steve is originally from Greenville, Mississippi. Lives in Flowood, Mississippi. So if you see Steve today, say, hey, Steve, heard your list on top ten list today on Boneyard. So Steve hits me up, and he's hit me up a couple times before, and uh, I've met Steve. 
But Steven's like, hey, hey, can you do a top 10 list of this band? And I'm like, you know, I don't know that I could do that justice. I don't know enough about their catalog. You know, I just, I don't know. And then it seems like he sent me one of a band I didn't like. And it's like, I don't have a, I don't have a favorite song by them. It's less 10. But he sent one of one of the greats, one of the legends in rock music, Alice Cooper. And so I'm going to run it down for you. I've got, I've got a few songs that, that, a few things I want to say about the Alice Cooper. Like Alice Cooper, like, you know, initially Alice Cooper was a band, then it became a guy. And, uh, and so that's, he's a character. And so Alice Cooper, too, also a guy in recovery, a uh, big golfer these days. But I tell you, he's always had an eye for talent. You know, here's some, here's some people that have been in the Alice Cooper band that you may not realize. Uh, Al Petrilli. Guitar player, he was on the Trash album, became one of the founding members of the progressive rock band Dream Theater with Mike Portnoy. Kip Winger, you guys know Kip Winger, right? Kip Winger was originally a bass player for Alice Cooper Band. And some former greats were also joined the Alice Cooper Band uh, after their, their own branding. Bruce Cullick from Kiss joined the Alice Cooper Band, and then uh, Vinnie Moore from UFO. Speaking of UFO, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Pete Way passing away early this week, one of the great bass players of the, of the game. And so those are some guys from Alice Cooper history. And so um, here are a few songs that didn't make top ten lists but are worthy of mention. Uh, Bed of Nails off the uh, the Trash album, great track. Brutal Planet, that's one of Steve Stafford's favorite ones. That is a cool track. It's a little more industrial. They got probably one of the heaviest songs in the catalog. Vocal on it's really good too. Billion Dollar Babies, it's almost one of those things, that uh, it's almost a rite of passage. I almost can't mention Alice Cooper without Billion Dollar Babies. And then that, one of the first rated R movies that I ever got to see as a teenager without, uh, without a parental accompany it. You know, you, you used to, you couldn't see a rated R movie unless a parent went with you. The, one of the first ones I got to go into, and I felt so cool, it was Friday the 13th Part 6, and Alice Cooper had the song He's Back the man behind the mask and i went back and listened to it, it the production value on it is so bad uh but anyway, anyway that those didn't make the list here's the top 10 why are so many dogs suffering from health issues actress katherine heigl who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs joints odors and their health than ever before after doing a ton of research she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health their food what she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com dot com forward slash boneyard be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply also off the trash album house of fire i really like that whole album that, that matter of fact that album might be my favorite alice cooper album uh number nine feed my frankenstein if you uh if you have been if you have uh seen wayne's world you're well aware and one of my favorite lines in that movie and you young people if you have not seen wayne's world what are you doing with your life you spend your time watching all these silly documentaries you need to go watch wayne's world because you're not worthy but when, when Wayne and Garth got to go backstage and talk to, uh, <laughs> talk to Alice Cooper, 
they talked about uh, being from or going to Milwaukee. And Alice Cooper says, they asked him, did he know anything about Milwaukee? And he goes, well, as a matter of fact, I do. Because the word actually is pronounced Milwaukee, which is like an old Algonquin word. And it's like Alice Cooper was sitting there holding, holding church. Uh, great scene, great song, Feed My Frankenstein. Uh, <clears throat> Bed of Nails, that's another one. We're going to go Bed of Nails right there at number eight. One of those, one of those songs, too, the, off that Trash album that uh, was kind of an MTV hit for a while. I think you'll dig that one. Number seven, one of my favorite ones, and I couldn't put it higher because I thought there were some classic songs that had to go uh, ahead of this one. But it's Hey Stupid. Hey Stupid. It's an anti-drug, anti-alcohol type thing. You know, it's basically kind of a public service announcement. Alice talks a little about recovery, and it's kind of, it's, a lot of it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's a really cool song. Hey, 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 hey stupid. Number six, you guys may remember this was covered a few years ago, or several years ago now because I'm getting old, Under My Wheels. Guns N' Roses covered it, and uh, Alice was on that one as well. Axl Rose and and, uh, Alice sang this one together, but there was an original recording, Under My Wheels, an absolute burner of an Alice Cooper song. Number five, going a little bit deeper, Welcome to My Nightmare. That's a cool video, too. That's back when they were doing some, that's back when they shot those videos and, like, people had to actually act. You, you couldn't edit everything. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of a creepy video. Number four for me, probably the best modern-day song of the Alice Cooper catalog once he had this renaissance, you know, in the late 80s and kind of came back to prominence. It's got to be Poison. Your Poison Running Through My Veins. The great song that I told you that album is, is a classic to me. Number three, though, here's here's where we get to. I think these three are probably the best three and probably the most recognizable of the Alice Cooper catalog songs. It just kind of depends on what order you want to rank them. And so I don't know that you can go wrong because I could make an argument for any of these three. But I guess every, I know, at least for me, all of the guys that were in the metal back then, everybody had a real appreciation. Uh, for Alice Cooper, it's one of the godfathers. You know, one of the guys that kind of brought the whole spooky, macabre music thing to the forefront. But number three, this is a song I think me and all my friends love, and it's 18. I'm 18, and I like it. I'm 18. And so that actually, there was a great cover of that song by the band Hurricane. And uh, if you have not heard that, you need to do it for yourself. Go check it out. A lot of people have covered it. I don't know that anybody has done it better than Hurricane. And that's Kelly Hansen, the current singer of Foreigner. That was his band, Hurricane. So go check that out. I'm 18. The original one, though, is the best, though. Number two, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Great song. And this is really before Alice, I think, kind of found the rasp in his voice, you know. And so it's be- the live version, I think, is better than the, the cleaned, sanitized version they recorded. And also Megadeth had a great version of this. I guess it was on the Shocker soundtrack. But No More Mr. Nice Guy is uh, one of those songs I think you put on. It's, you you kind of got to put your fist in the air. Number one, and you probably know it if you know Alice Cooper at all, it schools out. And every high school kid in the world dug that song, and many probably still do. School's out for summer, school's out forever. Uh, I, I Honestly, the last day of high school, I listened to this on the way home. I planned it that way. And I'm just, I'm cheesy. I know, I know, I get it. I've been told many, many times. But you know what? I bet you don't remember what you listened to on the last day of school, do you? But that's my list. My list, you know, I'm pretty confident in my list. You could have your own list. Chances are your list would be wrong. But uh, listen, Alice Cooper, one of the greats in rock music. You know, we talk about Ozzy and Alice Cooper and those guys and. Yeah, yesterday I was listening to some old Deep Purple with David Coverdale, and you know, I think to myself, I am so glad that I was alive when all that music mattered the most. So glad I got to see all the cool bands. So glad that when, like nowadays, you guys have new young guys have no headliners in rock music, zero. It's all so homogenized today. What everybody was doing back then, we all felt like we were part of a movement, man. It was so great. But that's it. That's my tribute to Alice Cooper. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have an idea for the top ten list, reach out let me know. You can be cool just like Steve Stafford today because it is Steve Stafford Day. So, Steve, hope you, you are well. 
So let's get to Campus Bookmart. Longtime sponsors of the show, man. Love the folks at Campus Bookmart. They're going to take care of you just like they take care of me. And every time I go in there, I feel like I'm walking in cheers. Everybody's glad to see me. Standing man, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, they'll treat you like family because in their minds, you are family. You go in there, you can pick out baby clothes, you can get stuff for yourself, you get stuff for your home, your office. And if you can't make it to town, and perhaps you're kind of you know, adverse to in-person shopping right now, you can visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little money. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. And you need some new Mississippi State merch. I don't know. Listen, that's the thing, too. But I, I've thought about this before, too. Like, if you go look in my closet, here is all that I have. I have a ton of concert tees, tons of those. And then I've got – then it's all maroon. So I've got the rock section. i got the dog section. And then, like, pushed over in a the corner there, i got a couple of uh, button-up shirts. That's it. You know, I think that's why Mike Leach and I get along so well. I need to get Mike in a Stark Villain shirt. That's We need to make that happen. Mike, I need you to rock a Stark Villain shirt. I do. All right, so let's get into what happened yesterday. We had media opportunities and had a chance to speak to coaches. And I, and I will tell you, it's been so great. Mississippi State's making this as easy for us as they can. We had Mike Leach on Tuesday. We had players on Wednesday. We had coaches last night. We'll get Mike Leach again on Saturday. We'll get Mike on Saturday. So, so today is the day off. But we get coaches last night, and uh, I guess it's all defensive coaches. We had Jason Washington, we had um, Zach Garnett, and we had uh, Jeff Phelps. And so that's cool. And, and listen, if you guys have not seen videos, and we're, we're, we're keeping those for you over on Gene's page, we'll, we'll grab them, put them as part of our articles, and so you can go watch them as well. But these guys, these coaches, you can tell – they're all good communicators. And, and that's not to say that, you know, we've had some guys in the past that haven't been good coaches, but there are some guys you can tell. It's not just they don't like doing the media. It's just you can just tell when you do ask them questions, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a chore for them. But this staff, of all the staffs that I think that I've covered, they're all extremely accommodating. And you could ask them anything. I remember we had these one-on-one interviews all during the quarantine, and uh, – you know, about half the time I was on the phone, we're doing the interview, and the other half, we're just kind of talking about our kids, and we're talking, hey, well, so what are you up? What, how are you staying busy? What are you doing? Like, they have a true interest in other people. There are some people that come up to the podium, and they just want to do their part and just kind of leave. But uh, I just kind of get a sense that these guys want to have a good relationship with the media. They want to have a good relationship with the fans. And I think it shows. I think it shows in their interactions with us. And, uh, again, it is an inconvenience for everybody, but you know what? We used to have to go up there and sit for hours and kind of wait for players. So things are a little more organized now, I guess. Uh, so we get on a Zoom call, and it's boom, 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 and we're done. And so as a result, last night, Mike Neemth and I both went ahead and banged out a, uh, a Q&A. He did Zach Arnett. I did Jeff Phelps. They're free articles. You can go read them today. Matter of fact, they're probably on our Facebook page. And if you hadn't done so, go like our Facebook page. I'll be doing a Facebook Live show there later this week. How about that? I'm planning to do that on Saturday. Saturday after we get Mike Leach, later that evening, we'll, we'll have the Facebook Live show, okay? And I'm, I'm going to start doing those more regularly now that we're, we're kind of back in session, okay? So here are a few things that we learned yesterday. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, – we'll start with Zach Arnett stuff. Uh, one of the things that impresses me about Zach, Zach – does not mince words. And listen, there, there's some times that I, when I interviewed him, I'd ask him a question, and uh, not that he was rude or anything, but, you know, as, as I finished answering the question, I was thinking, I didn't really word that real well. And he would say, he would kind of stop me and say, so what, what are you really asking me here? And so then I kind of like a guy like that because he wants to get the answer right because I have interviewed so many people in the past that they just kind of give you what they think you want. I want the truth. I'm like Danny Caffey from a few good men. I just want the truth. And uh, sometimes, you know, when you, when it's your turn in the queue and you're waiting and waiting, you're thinking, okay, how am I going to phrase my question? Sometimes you blow it. Sometimes you do. And you could be <laughs> be like our friend uh, Ben Waite. You know, Ben's no longer on the beat. I miss Ben. Ben's a good guy. And uh, But Ben was kind of like the mascot of the media. A little young, short guy, had a big, thick beard and wore mustard killer pants and cowboy boots. Ben was great. 
But uh, nevertheless, we're on the SEC Network one time. This is when State was number one, and Dan Mullen's press conference is being, uh, you know, simulcast, I guess. You know, it's being broadcast live, and, and Ben gets caught in his own question. And God love him, he takes a microphone and he says, he says, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, Mullen kind of looked at him. He asked a question and, and uh, he kind of froze up and Mullen looked at him like, what? What, what are you asking? And ben, ben says on a live mic, he said, I'm sorry, coach, I'm freaking out. And then he passes the microphone back. So I guess it's one of those things you had to be there. But, uh, but yeah, it's easy to get caught up in all that. I didn't mean to chase that rabbit trail. I didn't think I'd be talking about Ben Wade today. I love that guy. He's a good dude. All right, so one of the things that I'll share with you right out of the gate is, you know, asking Arnett you know, the, the obvious question, with you know, Coach, how are things going? So here's his answer. we are kind of summarizing uh, the week of practice so far for the defense. Hey, Coach Leach does a good job of having energetic practices. It gets the guys going. We have a lot of competitive drills, offense versus defense. And so it's real easy when you've got competitors – uh, for, their, for there to be energy and guys flying around. Energy's been good. Obviously, we've got a lot of things in the game to improve upon, but there's a lot of good athletes on the field, so it's fun working with them. And, and listen, would you expect anything less? You know, I, I don't think you would because these guys have kind of been pent up, waiting, not even sure if they're going to play. And so you finally get out there and say, yeah, you're going to give some effort. And listen, I don't know if you've seen this. My gosh, uh, Jevin Banks, and I don't know who the kid was that got – Got the reverse pancake, and uh, listen, I, my, my prayers go out to you and your family. I'm kind of glad we couldn't identify your number. But listen, that's part of football. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and anybody that's ever played football gets it. At some point, everybody gets got, right? Everybody. You know, it's just like, just like fighting. I mean, everybody gets stopped at some point. It's just part of the game. And so I don't want people to think I, – I, I want you to be proud of, of, of Jevin – banks but don't think so lowly of the kid it might have just been a walk-on kid out there just trying to do his best but uh, be that it's may devastating video yesterday kind of making the rounds of jevin banks just plowing through somebody jevin banks a guy i covered a couple years really liked his game always knew that he would be a guy that would play with his hand in the ground he let's just say he's making that transition he's making it with ease so uh Back to the Zach Garnett stuff. You know, we're talking about, you know, the effort and that sort of stuff. And the, the secondary thing, I think that's the big question for me. We have so many names that we know, but we aren't sure how they kind of mesh together, if you understand what I'm saying. You know, listen, we don't – Jaquarius Landrews, gone. Brian Cole, gone. Uh, Cam Dancer, gone. All three of those guys in NFL training camps right now. Murray Smitherman, Gone. Lost him to ACL injury. So you start thinking back, okay, so C.J. Morgan, it's like the only guy that's coming back, and then he had a major knee injury. And they still, he's out there running around. Don't know if he's 100% yet, but he's out there giving it a go. And so I think everybody, you know, we in the media are like, kind of like you. It's like, okay, we feel like, you know, Martin Emerson is going to start, and you feel like C.J. Morgan's going to play, Marcus Murphy's going to play, but outside of that, Who's going to play the opposite corner? Who's going to be the free safety or the nickel? Uh, so you're kind of figuring these things out as we go. And so every time that we have a chance to be around the, the coaches, you know, we kind of ask these questions so they kind of fill in the gaps for us. And last night we got a great answer. We got, we got news about a guy that we have hoped would take a step this year. It appears he's doing so at least in the early going. And, again, we had not put the pads on just quite yet, so we'll see. Arnett was questioned who we stood out in the secondary. Arnett, a lot of guys have made plays, but one guy that I've noticed several times at safety has been Fred Peters. He's had a couple of really nice days and has had some nice plays on special teams as well. I'm real happy with what he's shown. Martin Emerson can play the ball in the air, but he and he has the kind of length you want at corner. So we're expecting big things out of him. But Fred Peters has done a really nice job for us at the safety position. He's going to be a leader that we rely on back there. That is that is might be the biggest news of camp so far. I mean, really. Because, you know, listen, we all, we all know what to expect with K.J. Costello. People are saying, well, Steve, what about cutting the we know what We know what we're getting in Colin Hill. We get it. We know that. We know we've got a big physical offensive line. The big thing that we've been worried about are receivers, secondary, right? we got numbers at receiver, and we have some guys out there that have stepped forward and done a good job. And some guys that we felt like were probably a little bit underutilized. Like, let's be honest. 
Austin Wiggins and Javante Payton, based on what we saw, probably should have played a lot more last year. Now, we didn't have the benefit of practice every day, but when we were there, those guys were productive. But for some reason, they couldn't get on the field. I think Austin Williams is in position for a big year this year because I think this scheme probably plays well to him. Very cerebral player. He's, this kid's going to get open, okay? Javante Payton continues to draw rave reviews from everybody we, we ask. And we saw that last year. So maybe he's not a gamer just yet, so hopefully they can get that out of him. But everybody tells me, out of the slot, he is an explosive player, and uh, he, he's not a guy that people look forward to going against because he, he can make you look bad. But this whole thing with the secondary, you know, we've got some talent back there, but it's mostly young talent. I mean, outside of Marcus Murphy and C.J. Morgan, I mean, how many of those names have really played a lot of snaps? You know, Fred Peters, when given the opportunity last year, also very productive. He had some issues at times last not last year, according to some coaches, about, you know, lining up out of position. Chances are probably should have made a better play in the Egg Bowl, if you remember the, uh, the fourth and 46 or whatever it was, the one that the play that they – they, they connected on. Fred should have made a play there. But Fred's from my hometown too, so I got you know I feel like I've got a little bit of a vested interest in Fred as being a former Columbia High School Wildcat myself. But when I hear that, that when I hear Fred Peters' name mentioned first, because I know what I'm getting in Marcus Murphy, I know what I'm getting in Martin Emerson, but when I hear Fred Peters' name mentioned ahead of theirs, that is encouraging to me. Unsolicited. Nobody said, hey, coach, give us an evaluation of Fred Peters. He said, hey, coach, what's it like in the secondary? Well, you know what? The guy that stood out to me is Fred Peters. I think it's great. Then all of a sudden I think, okay, well, that's another blank that we can fill in. Okay, so now we begin to look at our safeties. Okay, C.J. Marcus and Fred. Then you got Martin. So now it's about that other cornerback spot. And so I asked specifically because I have heard some great things about Asias Furge. I've really heard some big things about him saying, hey, the light has come on for him. He might end up being better than we thought. And to be fair with you, there were times I thought Terrell Buckley gave up on a size Furge. And that's not to be critical of T-Buck. That's not what I'm saying. But for some reason, there appeared to be a little bit of a disconnect. And now all of a sudden, his name gets mentioned a lot. So I asked Zach, I said, yeah, who are some of the guys opposite Emerson? And, and Zach says, it's an open competition there. Coach McBath is giving everybody a shot there. We'll see who performs the best. I continue to hear that Furge, right now, is the guy that is really working hard and holding his end of the thing down. He's taking some reps for the ones, taking some reps for the twos. But one of the things about Furge is he's another one of those Mississippi Delta kids that needs football. He is another one of those guys that has grown up playing all sports. He is another guy that has understood when he was at Clarksville High School playing for Henry Johnson, he would absolutely change your all for you. He, this is a guy that understands how to tackle in space. When people are going to want to spread us out, you better have corners that can tackle. You better. Because there's going to be a lot of times the guys are going to be out there on an island when they throw that bubble, and if you can't get off a block, it's a big play. Furge can do that. And I understand he's not the longest and leanest guy, but this is a guy that's a good football player. And so if, if he becomes that guy, because Tyler Williams has not been with the team for weeks, as I share with you guys on Wednesday. So somebody's got to step up. So it is encouraging that I hear that people are beginning to kind of step up and start to hear these names. And hopefully we'll get McBath uh, next week and kind of get an update on that. And so I think it's interesting. The secondary, we're, we're, even though we're just the first week in the camp, we're starting to kind of get a feel of who is really early in the early going, kind of stepping up and taking some responsibility and say, okay, listen, I, this is a competition here. I'm going to go take somebody's spot. Opportunity is the is that's the lifeblood of a program, you know. When there's younger guys out there that hadn't seen the field as much and have worked hard and say, hey, now it's my time to get some benefit from all that stuff. We talked with uh, Jeff Phelps last night. In addition to Jason Washington, I'm gonna read you a couple of things that Jeff Phelps had to say. Uh, we'll have Jason Washington, I guess, later this weekend. I think Robbie Falk has that story. Um, but, you know, we, we ask, again, the same question, who are the guys that are standing out and early going? You know, who are some guys that have caught your eye in the first few days of practice? And it's, there, there's not a lot of surprises here, but there's one name that I, that I was very, again, kind of like Ferg, just like this is a guy that I thought would be good. And now to see that he's kind of stepped up uh, and getting his name mentioned, I think is big. 
So here's Phelps' answer to who's standing out early. So far, the guys that have jumped out are Kobe Jones, not a surprise in the least. With his leadership and athletic ability, he has done a really great job out there leading the group. Marquis Spencer has done a great job with leadership and looking well and looking athletic. Jaden Cromedy has really done a great job. I think the sleeper of the group has been Aaron Odom. He has been providing some depth on the defensive line with what he brings to the table. He's doing a lot of learning, but he's showing a lot of promise there. Aaron Odom, if you guys recall, we almost lost to Louisville, and everybody freaked out. And uh, the whole thing with Louisville, there was just some people involved in that situation that thought they knew better than Aaron did. Aaron always wanted to go to Mississippi State. That's what he always wanted. That's what he did. And uh, there were some people kind of feeding some some BS in the media about his leanings and that sort of stuff and what he wanted to do. Kid just tried to survive the process. But be that as it may, State wins the big recruiting battle, but he hadn't done much at Mississippi State yet. And so now all of a sudden you've got a change in – and staff, you've got to change with scheme, and now he's beginning to kind of step up. Uh, I think that is really big, too, because we, you listen, I think we feel pretty good about that frontline group, but that second group, what about the second teamers? And, you know, he didn't mention Nathan Pickering, but you know what? We know what Nathan can do. We know that he is a future star. So I think that's encouraging uh, as well. Uh, he, again, he mentions Jevin Banks, okay? I want to get to this, too, because it's not just Jevin Banks that he mentions. But you've seen the video out there. You've seen people talk about this kid. Uh, and, and here's the deal. I have, a, <clears throat> I have a friend that coaches at Olive Branch, and he kind of keeps me apprised of his guys and then, you know, some other guys they play against that are kind of in DeSoto County. Just, hey, this, this kid can really play. Might be worth taking a look at or whatever. And, and I appreciate that. It's a lot of people that kind of bird dog that stuff and send it to me. I'm happy for it. But uh, So I've heard about Jevin Banks for a while. Wasn't sure what he was going to be. Wasn't sure if he's going to be a linebacker. Knew that he was a little bit undersized to be at end. And uh, hey, coach says, hey, I, uh, he's going to be a three-tech. That's what he's going to be. That's where he's lining up. And here is what Jeff Phelps had to say about Jeff Banks and, uh, Jevin Banks and others. Jevin Banks is the surprise freshman. He didn't say could be. Didn't say he's done some good things. Quote again. Jevin Banks is a surprise freshman. He has a lot of strength. He has some quickness coming out the ball. He's learning a lot right now, and his head's kind of spinning. He's going to be a pleasant surprise. It will be interesting to see how much he can absorb to see if he can get in a position to help us out this year or not. I'm really pleased with him. Uh, It's rare for coaches to come out and really praise freshmen this early in camp. You know what I'm saying? You don't want them to get out of their skis a little bit and get a little too high. You want to keep keep them grounded. But I thought that's big news about the freshman. Armandus Cooley, back to Phelps' comments. Armandus Cooley is a big guy that can move and run. We are really excited about what he's bringing to the table as well from a size standpoint. He can sort of be an anchor in the middle, so to speak. Of course, you have to have a great one in the middle that can kind of hold the point for you and really control some things. Went and saw Armandus Cooley last year in the rivalry game against West Jones. The thing that impressed me about him was his motor. They had him playing defensive end. He's not a defensive end. But yet he's out there impacting every single play. And the only time that they could avoid him was when they rolled the opposite way. Anything in the middle, in the pocket, or on the roll to his side, he's out there harassing the quarterback. He never quit. And I thought, you know what, when this guy slides inside and gets a chance you know, to kind of play on the interior, he's going to be an absolute terror. And so we're beginning to see some of that kind of come to fruition now. Some of that's beginning to happen. I think both of those kids are going to play. I really do. And I think we need them to, not just for this year, but for down the road. They need to get their feet wet. They need to get some SEC reps under their belt. Some other guys mentioned. King on, some other guys like King Andy are really working hard, learning defense, learning his body, and getting himself ready to go. And how about this? Former walk-on from Indianola, Sherman Timms, has done a great job. His head is spinning, but we're throwing everything we can at him. He is absorbing it and putting forth a great effort. He has a lot to learn, but we have a lot of time, a lot of opportunities. We just have to get him going. You know, Sherman's a guy that uh, won a state championship there at Indianola Academy and uh, walked on has basically been a special teamer, but uh, there he is getting mentioned, you know, by the D-line coach and doing some good things. I, you know, that's a, Those are the things that uh, I think, you know, they say a new broom sweeps clean, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's true, but I think some of these guys too – Maybe they kind of got down the depth chart or maybe coaches kind of had a perception of them that uh, needed a change in order for them to, uh, to get on the field. Uh, 
So a new staff brings in a clean slate. And some of these guys like Sherman Timms saying, you know what, maybe I'm not just a special teams guy. Maybe with this new staff I can get out there and get on the field and play a few more snaps. And you know what, if we can get ten snaps a game out of that guy, productive snaps, we've done well. All right, one more thing I wanted to share with you guys before we get out of here. We've all talked about the offensive line. I I love the offensive line. I I do. I know other people are like, well, you know, what do you think? I I think we've got more talent than we've had in a long time on the offensive line. And, and listen, I get it. We put some guys in the NFL lately. Trust me. And that's what I'm saying is as good as those lines have been, I think this one could kind of be reminiscent of what we had in 13-14. I really do. Charles Cross at left tackle. Darian Parker's in there running. Cole Smith. Scott Lashley, LaQuincy Sharp, they're all out there, you know, rotating. And then you've got Greg Island at right tackle. Uh, you've got some guys that have a lot of ability. It's a good mix, but you've also got a lot of guys long-term that are going to play football for a while. So one of the best evaluators of the offensive line, in my opinion, I didn't ask this question, but I've always thought it's great to ask coaches what they see in their one-on-ones in their team competition from the other group. Because, you know, listen, those guys are watching their own guys, and so if a guy begins to kind of make his guy look bad, a coach takes notice. So here's what Jeff Phelps had to say about the Mississippi State offensive line. I'll tell you what, those guys are big and they can move, and they've got great personality. They're a fun group to be around. We do our one-on-ones and get a chance to hear them communicate with each other and uh, work with Coach, Coach Miller. They've done an outstanding job. They're picking up the offense very well. They run the schemes and the pass protections and such. It's a fun group, so I know Coach Miller is excited about working with them. I know they are going to help allow our guys to get even better. They're big, they're long and athletic. Working on our pass rush against them and our run defense against them, iron sharpens iron, as they say. Uh, That is going to nothing but help us get better on the defensive side. It's really exciting. And that's exactly how he said it. But – it's good to get affirmation from other people, you know, to get a wide range of opinions, especially from people that look. Because, you know, when Jeff Phelps is watching his D-line, he's watching his guys to make sure they get a good first step, making sure their hand placement is good, uh, making sure that they're, they're getting that initial strike. So he's watching their technique. And so if a guy is standing out to him uh, and that group is kind of moving forward, to me that's high praise. And so I feel good about the group. I feel good about everything that I'm hearing. I've talked to Mason Miller recently. He seems to be encouraged by the group. And, and, and listen, here's the thing. Coaches, by, by nature, are critical because they're looking for ways to get better. You're never going to have a coach go up there and say, well, I guess we had Emory Ballard say, hey, we're going to win the SEC this year. But, um, you know, by and large, coaches never think they're there. They never think they're there. Oh, we got a chance to be good. That's what you always hear because they're, they're wired differently. They're wired to think – this guy's got to get better at this. And that's part of being a good coach is helping him get there. And so I'm excited, and uh, I think you guys will be as well. We're going to have a lot of content today over on Gene's page. Go check it out. And uh, all throughout the weekend, we'll have some stuff. And, again, we'll have that Mike Leach video up for you as soon as we can on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to having that for you guys. And, and listen, every time that we're every, – every day we're talking about finding a way to win the day. I don't mean that from Lou Holtz uh, – or Hugh Freeze's point of view, is that every day that we have a day that we can claim a victory, we're going to claim one. And I believe that Mississippi State starting to stack some victories up here. It's been good news several days in a row now. So let's hang on to that and hope today is another day. We don't have a setback. We don't have some major thing. And listen, at some point, there's going to be some other kids test positive for COVID. It's going to happen. And, you know, you've got a big rush of students back on campus, and then all of a sudden they find out that they went to a party and somebody tested positive, so they're going to flood the student health center. I get it, but it's part of the process. And I know it's difficult when it's somebody that you love and it's happening to them. It's happened to me. I didn't test positive, but I've had people in my family test positive and thankfully they were okay. But it is very unnerving. But there are going to be people test positive. There are going to be students. There are going to be players. And when they do, we deal with it and move on. We put them in quarantine, put them on some meds, and we move on. That's what we do. And that's how we put this thing behind us. Because at some point, we're all going to be exposed to it. You might as well get ready for that. And my hope is is that you are able to defeat that and overcome it and uh, live a long, prosperous, and fruitful life. 
All right, that's going to do it for today. Be back on Monday. I can't promise you four shows next week, but I will tell you, if I did, I almost recorded yesterday, almost, but ended up being on the phone for a couple of hours. And um, and to be honest with you, I was happy to do that. I was really happy to do that. And uh, and so we'll kind of move forward with that. But you never know. I mean, you know, I'm excited about football, and I enjoy talking about football. And when things happen, sometimes I don't want to wait to talk to you guys. And let me go ahead and give you some heads up here. So I am going to record the Monday show Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. So the Monday show will record on Sunday. I will probably go ahead and run that um, on iTunes, but uh, it will push out at Gene's page Monday morning. So I'm going to record. So be mindful of that. So if you're out and about Sunday and you get a notification from iTunes, there's a new boneyard. Don't be surprised. I've got um, I've got some some personal plans. I'm going to be out of town Sunday evening, probably in the Monday morning. But I don't want you to be without the show. And so I'll get all that. Again, I'll get it handled on Sunday afternoon, and then we'll get it up, and then we'll push that on Gene's page Monday morning. So uh, there you'll have that. I don't want you to be without me because I love you, and I know that all of you love me. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.